Fresh Talking, the internal and external communications podcast with Paul and Martin. Welcome to Fresh Talking, the Fresh Air Group podcast, where we discuss all things communication, internal, external, plus some business planning thrown in for good measure. In each podcast, we take on a different topic. We discuss how we approach it as a production company, actually how we approach it as a business. We share our thoughts, we invite you to tell us yours, and hopefully we'll come up with some tips and tricks along the way, which we can all make use of. My name's Paul Philpott. I'm the CEO here at Fresh Air Group. And I would love to be Martin Burgess-Moon, the media production manager. Who actually, just moments before recording this, he's already damaged the studio. We've only been in it for like five seconds. There's only my foot. An air conditioning vent is what you got your foot caught in. It could have been disastrous. It's true, yes, yes we could suffocate. Anyway, disaster averted. In this edition, we are going to be talking about sins. Really? Okay, then. Right. There was this one time that I, I was do. in a museum and a friend and I went into a replica of a World War Two air raid shelter. No, 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 we're not talking about those sort of sins. Okay, uh, I mean sins committed by businesses themselves. I right? see. Good job you stopped me there. You can finish the story later and we'll post it as a blog post because I'm not having it as part of this actual recording. Oh. All right. So we've recently seen the collapse or partial collapse of some pretty big names in the world of businesses. Names that we all recognise on the high street. Favourites such as BHS, that wasn't too long ago. Mm. Toys R Us. Almost our dear house of Fraser, where I love to go and buy my undies, as you know, <laughs> and even the service provider Carillion. Now, our good friends at the BBC once published an article called The Deadly Sins of Business. And I think it'd be uh, good to reflect on this article. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that one. We're not saying that these businesses that you just mentioned were all guilty of these particular sins, though, are no, we? No, 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 no. But I think it's fair to say that the article had interesting timing and it also makes you stop and think about what could go wrong within any kind of business at any kind of size. It was interesting reading for us, mainly because these sins could have been rectified to a certain extent by what we do here at Fresh Air Group as, that, then? to assist businesses. And we assist them through helping them with communication, you uh, see. A fine song by Spandau Ballet. Well, give me the list then and let's see. Let's take a look at these one by one. There aren't seven of these sins, by the way. This isn't biblical or anything to do with Brad Pitt and that actor that we're not allowed to talk about these days. No, I'm not going to end up with my head in a box, am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we get enough deliveries here as it is. Now, there are actually, oh dear, five of these deadly sins of businesses, all right, according to the article. Sin number one mm. is complacency. The BBC article mentioned that budget airlines in particular were guilty of this one, providing cheap flights, mm. doing well at it, and then costs go up, but they still offer the cheap flights and end up making a loss. Yeah, and this is an example that you could apply to almost any form of business, really. It's a situation where you discover a gap in the market or something you're particularly good at, and you go for it hell for leather. But then as markets change, consumer tastes change, and everyone moves on, but you don't actually move on as a business. Basically, it comes back to always making sure that you keep an eye in the market. You talk to your customer base and you get feedback, but mm. you actually react on that feedback. Quite. A moving target is harder to hit. Sin two is fear, not your fear or my fear. And I know what your fear is, and mm. it's clowns. Uh, oh, don't get me started on clowns. We're talking about the fear that colleagues have for 
for their managers in some businesses. Yes, even clowns are scarier than you. Me? Yes. Well, I guess there are a surprising amount of businesses that are actually run on fear. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got situations whereby colleagues are desperately worried for their jobs because the company that they work for is being run like a dictatorship where everyone's keen to do and say anything that will please their boss. And this works down the hierarchy. You have middle management that is in fear of the management above it, which is in fear of the management above that. And those people that are on the front line dealing with customers, they can't carry out their job in an honest fashion, because they're actually running their job in fear. And it can result in situations whereby colleagues go to crazy lengths to do Mm -hmm. what they believe their bosses want of them. I've heard of situations whereby they falsify projections and figures. So they report back to their bosses figures that are untrue. Mm -hmm. They basically lie or they bury bad news. And there have been numerous stories about firms that have undertaken cover-ups essentially and the result is that your company could be in bad shape or heading that way but you don't know anything about it because if you're at the top and you're looking at the data that's being given to you from those that work under you and you run it through fear and you're not getting genuine data you might not necessarily know if there's trouble at mill well i'm not scared to tell you anything apart from when we run out of biscuits which i don't like either greed Yes. That's the next sin. Number three is greed. This one is very biblical. We could bang on about greed in its many forms for hours. Instead, we'll talk about those men, and yes, it's usually men, but not us, at the top of businesses who spend so much time thinking about how much they can pay themselves and their other top execs that they neglect the workers and the rest of the business. Well, I can tell you for one thing, I definitely don't do that. No. For example, have you seen my mobile phone? Look Uh. at this thing. So it's an iPhone 2. It's got a crack in it. It's not like you. You can see you get paid a lot more than me with your iPhone 1000 or whatever yeah, it is. Yours is but an iPhone minus 3. It is. Mine's yeah. so old, I actually have to put coins in it to get it to work. <laughs> if things are going well in your business, and I guess, you know, it, it, it's great, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a thought that you should perhaps share that wealth throughout the organisation and not just keep it for the top brass because... Mm-hmm. When things are going badly and everyone finds out just how much you've been paying yourself and not paying your team, you won't be doing yourself any favours because you need to give everyone some indication that they're benefiting in addition to the business benefiting from all the hard work. That's what I believe. Yeah, Yeah, share the love. Just ask Philip Green. Follow the studio on Twitter at Fresh Air Studios. Sin 4 is hubris. Which is the car that you drive, isn't it? No, no, it's not a car. Hubris is known as excessive pride or self-confidence. The BBC article retells the tale of the new chief exec joining Northern Rock after its collapse, finding palatial offices and luxurious new but incomplete headquarters and being somewhat gobsmacked. Why? Well, you might think that if you're the boss and you've worked hard to get there, you deserve a nice office and an equally nice building in which to stick it. Well, possibly. No one begrudges you an office. No, but if you begrudge me an office. But if that office is way too plush, how is that going to look when times are hard? If your HQ is so lofty that you're cut off from the shop floor, how are you going to know what's really going on? It's difficult to have a my door's always open policy if everyone is miles away from that door. I keep my door closed just to stop you from coming in. <laughs> Actually, you know what mm. I've always wanted to have in my office Mm. one of those whiskey cabinets oh like they used to have in ewing oil yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. So if somebody signs on the dotted line and we get a good contract, mm. I want to just slide open the big drawer to the whiskey uh, cabinet, yeah. put two lead crystal glasses, obviously one for me and obviously one for you. I'll no, call yeah. you in from across yonder to come into the management office and share mm. in a, a sort of whiskey. I don't like the whiskey, though. I'd, I'd go for Dr. Pepper or something. Okay, well, I'll have yeah. a, a Dr. Pepper drawer then. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, going back to the point, I guess it's a case of don't lose touch with your workforce, mm-hmm. all right? The open door policy as a term is thrown around and mm-hmm. never actually genuinely meant. But obviously not everyone can literally have their door open all the time. It might not suit the dynamic. You might be working on confidential stuff or you might be having board meetings. But I think the other way of illustrating that you have an open door is to be seen. Mm-hmm. and to be seen to be seen and going down to the shop floor or doing a tour of all your branches just to give the genuine impression that you are actually part of that team because once you've lost touch you could end up with losing a lot more mm. sin five is superficiality expialidocious that's, that's probably uh, the best gag you've actually written in this entire script uh, really quite atrocious no we're talking rebranding embracing every new management fad or fashion going and spending a king's ransom on management consultants mm-hmm. this can mask a whole multitude of sins there can be so much happening on the surface that it's distracting everyone from the problems the business is actually facing there's also the risk that when consultants from outside the business are hired, there's a certain amount of outsourcing responsibility, yes. meaning that major decisions are being made by those that aren't directly involved with the business. And have you not ever heard of situations whereby larger businesses make big key decisions mm-hmm. based on what consultants have told them? Yeah. And I think sometimes that's... Passing the buck. Yes, mm. because... The management team don't want to be seen to be making the decisions, so they mm-hmm. bring consultants in almost with the preconceived brief to yeah. say, you have to make this kind of saving, which is fair enough. It has to happen occasionally, especially mm-hmm. when times are hard. But I don't necessarily believe that bringing consultants in in order to make those changes is the right way of doing it. Mm. I think if such changes have to be made within any size of organisation, then the people that are in charge, they should stand by their decisions and give an honest explanation of why they're having to make those decisions rather than getting consultants in and just blaming on some Mm -hmm. unknown entity. Yeah. So the next thing here is it's confession time. Oh, I've got to tell my story now, have I? No, I've told you not telling that story in this podcast anywhere. Mm -hmm. But what we're going to do is talk about these deadly sins and how perhaps Mm. you could rectify them or avoid them from happening in the first place Mm -hmm. through the art of communication, which we just love, don't we? Yes, yes, yes. We're fixing some of these issues by doing what we do and what service we provide at Fresh Air. That would be the communication tool of the podcast, Mm -hmm. which is similar to what we are actually doing now. What you could do is you could have this purely as audio or it could be a video, depending on how you want to do it. And what you do is you communicate with your staff and your colleagues. And the way you do that is simply by being approachable, being open, being yourself. And once people are listening in and hearing you speaking in your own voice, being relaxed and open and also open to ideas and feedback, it eliminates so many of the issues that we've already discussed. 
When you say including feedback, mm -hmm. what do you mean? Well, because you would say what you're going to say, and at the end of it, you say, right, now then, if you are interested in anything I've just had to say, or if you've got anything you want me to discuss, email me, ring me, semaphore me, tweet me, <laughs> whatever you like, yeah. and we'll discuss those on future editions. So it's almost like doing a request show. It's Sunday Love Songs with Steve Wright on Radio 2. It's getting that feedback and acting on it. But instead of asking for the Eagles or ABBA, you're asking for advice on a certain work-related topic, and then you can give that in your next podcast. And I suppose that relates back to what we were saying earlier about just moving forward and not necessarily taking time to stop and listen and communicate and take on board mm. ideas and concepts from your audience. And that audience yeah. could be your workforce. Mm -hmm. Could it actually be your customer base as well? It could be. Because what you could do is, if you're doing one of these podcasts, you don't just have to share it internally on an email or on your intranet, you could also post it online. So it could be in a tweet on your Facebook page or on your website so customers can go online and access it and listen to any ideas you might have that might be of interest to them. Which brings us back to what we were saying at the start of this podcast. What was that? It seems so long ago. It does, I know. But communication, the fact that open and honest communication does actually end up creating a situation whereby you've got real teamwork, especially if you're talking to your team and you're communicating with them well. So that brings us to the end of this podcast where we've spoken about the deadly sins of business and how perhaps some of those sins can be corrected through a nice little bit of communication here and there. Yep. So if you want to know more on how you can do what we've just done, but probably better, you can call us, you can tweet us, you can email us or even pop round with some biscuits. We haven't run out again, have we? Fresh Talking from the Fresh Air Group. Follow the studio on Twitter at Fresh Air Studios. Visit us online at freshairgroup.co.uk. Email your questions and comments to info at freshairgroup.co.uk. Copyright Fresh Air Studios Limited. All rights reserved.